trapped at home with your children, they're driving you crazy, and you want revenge. Simple. Because all live sporting events have been canceled, ESPN is rebroadcasting some of the greatest sports games of all time, games where you already know the outcome. All you have to do is tell your kids these old games are happening live and then get them to bet against you, putting all of their allowance on the team you convince them can't lose. Funny. <laughs> nice. That is a good one. <laughs> I'll play the uh, Russia versus America hockey match. Get them to wager. Yeah, yeah. Son, son, the Russians are pros. They're they're not actually in the Russian army. They're professional hockey players. Anyway, uh, quick update on where we are. According to my absolute favorite model, we are two days away. Two, wait a minute. Checking, check. Yeah, two days away from peak resource use in the United States as a whole. And we are three days until the projected peak in deaths. Now, as we've discussed many times and will continue, any national figure is, is practically useless. A state figure is better. Um, you know, your, your local tri-county area figure is even more useful. Uh, but having said that, let's look to New York, which is uh, taking it on the chin. Actually, it's the whole New York metro area, including New Jersey and Connecticut, but uh, they don't separate it out that way. Whoops, sorry, I clicked on. Uh, where's New York? Well, what was there's... I just looking at somewhere? I'm trying to find it right now. I was looking at something this morning that the, the number is now 60,000 that they're going with, but that's counting until that's with the with the, the, the um, social 60, distancing. 60,000 deaths. 60,000 deaths, but that's with the social distancing through August. Which wow. uh, is wow. a long way wait, away. Wait a minute. So according to this model, which a lot of doctors are looking at, New York peaked yesterday. We will find out because uh, they had a, a big fat death total of uh, almost 800. Uh, but uh, theoretically, they ought to be on the way down um, today. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. That's the peak uh, resource use. The deaths per day is today. Today is allegedly going to be the peak in New York City. Okay. Um, or it might be yesterday. So we'll find out together, I suppose, whether that is accurate or not. I saw Dr. Fauci announce we should never shake hands again. That should just go away as a uh, social custom. Maybe it will. Nah, I doubt it. Be fine with me. I don't, want to, I don't want to touch your greasy, moist hand. I, you know, I'll tip my I, cap to you. The handshake, the bro hug at the end of a round of golf, it's uh, its a cherished part of the, of the American experience. Go ahead, Jack. swap your fluids, swap fluids if you like, but I'm, I'm, I'm all for bowing, cur- cur- curtsying. Well, there's no tongue kissing. Speaking moistly on them. Yeah, we try to avoid moist speaking. I just came across a, a, a one paragraph, it's a long paragraph, um, uh, description of what is going to happen. And, and our friend Tim Sandiford, Tim the lawyer, tweeted it, and I found it extremely compelling. And and he gets into how the pressure is building economically um, and how, uh, because of that pressure, governors in healthier states will be uh, ca- calling for partial reopenings, and then he gets into the interest rate. But picking up then... Uh, he says, uh, we'll then have to shut down again within two months because we'll have more cases, but then we'll reopen again a bit after that. At each step along the way, we will self-deceive rather than confront the level of pain involved with our choices. We may lose a coherent national policy on the shutdown issue altogether. Not that we have one now. I'm not sure we need one, so I disagree with him there. But We will th- self-deceive. 
the pandemic yo-yo will hold. At some point, antivirals or antibodies will kick in, uh, and there are perhaps four to six drugs that could be available by fall and have robust enough treatment effect to impact risk of another ec- epidemic or large outbreaks. After the current wave passes, we should be placing policy bets on these likeliest opportunities. We'll then continue the rinse and repeat of the yo-yo, but with new drugs and treatments online with a death rate at maybe half current levels and typical hospital stays at three days rather than 10. It will seem more manageable, but how eager will consumers be to resume their old habits? Eventually, a vaccine will be found, but getting it to everyone will be slower than expected. The lingering uncertainty and value of waiting due to the risk of second and third waves will badly damage economies along the way so he's saying we'll loosen up because the pressure is building and in, in, in my opinion we kind of have to we'll have more cases we'll tighten up but there'll be another drug on the line that seems to treat some people and then we'll loosen up again then we'll tighten up and we'll yo-yo for a while that's probably true there you go so everything is fine um uh, america lost a hero yesterday <laughs> Uh, the great Linda Tripp, who was... Hashtag Clinton body count. Boy, they waited. They <laughs> waited long enough. Yeah, no kidding. Linda Tripp, uh, Monica Lewinsky's confidant, who really caused the Clinton impeachment to happen. By secretly... She secretly taped her close friend? All Is their phone conversations. That's right. And Why did she told Monica... Actually, I have that quote. What she told Monica. I don't remember why she was taping. I would like it if my friends would not uh, tape phone calls when we're having like conversations about the most you know secretive, intimate things in my life. I just assume you didn't tape the phone calls. Why was she taping the phone calls? Well, she thought Clinton was sexually harassing people and was building a case. And I can't remember. She's going to write so you're a doing book. it for my own good, I say to this imaginary friend. You're doing it for my own good, taping my phone calls of me telling you my deepest secrets. Thank you for doing this for my own good. And famously, uh, she told uh, Monica Lewinsky during one of their conversations, I just don't want to take away your options down the road should you need them. That's actually how she sounds. We'll play you some tape in a second. I just I don't trust the people around him, and I just want you to have that for you. Put it in a bag, the blue dress. Put it in a Ziploc bag. You pack it in with your treasures. So So she advised Monica to keep the blue dress as well. Okay. Um, did Monica end up hating her? Surely she did. Don't, yes. Don't tape my freaking phone conversations. Yeah, at the end of, of Monica's incredibly long uh, deposition, they asked her, all right, well, we're done here. Is there anything you want to add? Um, let's see. Uh, of course here it is. she ended up hating Linda Tripp. Because- she said, and I quote, I'm really sorry for everything that's happened, and I hate Linda Tripp. Right, of course, because Linda Tripp ruined Monica's life. Right. Bill Clinton didn't ruin Monica's life. There are many women that have had affairs with, you know, another guy. It turns out, in retrospect, it was a bad idea. But if Linda Tripp hadn't, you know, exposed it to the world, Monica turned her into a a global object of ridicule appropriately. Monica would have just, I mean, it's not cool. I'm not saying that. But Monica would just have been another heartbroken man or woman who got into a relationship they shouldn't have. Right, and that had been right. the end of it. She'd have walked the streets without anybody knowing who she was instead of being tarred for the rest of her life with all this. Yeah, Linda Tripp is the, is the evilest person in this, perhaps. Although she thought Bill Clinton was a serial sexual harasser and she wanted to do something about it. And by do, and I'm going to ruin my friend's life to, to help her out. 
Well, like most people uh, who do that sort of thing, she was too lacking in insight to figure out what she actually was going to do, what the effect it would have. But Jack, Jack, let's return to the heyday of yesteryear, the 1990s. Linda and Monica in a private conversation. How many clips do we actually have, Michael? Oh, we just have one? Yes, one big conversation, 45 seconds. Okay, here we go. Oh, let's enjoy it together. Listen, you'll get mad at me. You know what I said at the end? What? The worst I could say. Oh, you want to, you didn't say what are you wearing? No, it was even worse than that. But then what's even worse, worse, worse than what I said was I was just like, I don't know how you'll die. You will die. You're going to smack me. Uh, Probably, Monica. What do you think I said? God only knows. What's the worst thing I could say? Do you love me? No. I love you. Yep. You didn't. I did. We're getting up, and I'm like, I I love you, butthead. <laughs> I called him butthead. You didn't. I did. And what did he say? So that was it. He just kind of hung up. Or I hung up. I was like, oh, my God. What the hell just came out of my mouth? Butthead. 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 Um... I don't want to re-argue this. We did it, geez, when we first came on the air, this was the story. When we first came on our uh, first talk radio job, this was the story. And we took calls and talked about it a lot. I know a lot of you, uh, women particularly, think Monica, you know, she got what was coming to her. She went to Washington, D.C. with an agenda. You have an affair with a married man. You got to expect it. But Linda Tripp is an awful human being. She's dead now. You're not supposed to speak ill of the dead. Whatever. She's a terrible human being. Most civilized people believe that, Jack. She destroyed Monica's life. Uh, and, uh, and, well, she did. Well, I'm not so quick and harshly judgmental as you. Uh, she thought that Clinton had victimized Monica and, uh, and just didn't foresee Monica ending up being kicked for the rest of her days. Or, uh, nobody's kicking Monica at this point now that she's middle aged. But no, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, she had a vendetta against Clinton for being a, a womanizer. Don't tape my private phone calls when I'm talking about the most private things that are ever going to happen in my life. Well, as when an you alleged get down friend, it, that makes you an, an evil person. Well, I don't want you taping my private phone calls if we're talking about playing sure, golf. Of course. I mean, when you bottom line it, yeah, I don't care what your agenda is. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so she's dead. May she, <laughs> may she rest in peace. Yeah, now you can, uh, whether you're in hell or heaven or wherever it is you go, or I don't know if you believe, now you can tape other people's phone calls, dead people's phone calls, and try to exploit them somehow for your own game. What? What is it? You need to read some C.S. Lewis or something. What is your vision of heaven? That's very complex. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy. Yeah. All right. What a story. That's uh, enough of that. Right. And we had an impeachment a couple of months ago, if I recall. Um, we'll, what? We'll, we'll move on. Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We do have a late-night joke-off about uh, Bernie getting out of the race. We haven't had one of those in quite a while. Among other oh, that's th- exciting. Among- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus a, a list of the 11 most likely picks for Joe Biden's Veep. Ooh. Well, well yeah, to hear all 11? No, absolutely not. But <laughs> number one will actually shock you. Okay, stay tuned. People are undertaking these sacrifices for the common good. We need to make them whole. To the extent we have the ability to make them whole, we should be doing that as a society. They didn't cause this. 
their business isn't closed because of anything they did wrong. They didn't lose their job because of anything did wrong. This is what the great fiscal power of the United States is for, is to protect these people as best we can from uh, the hardships they're facing. That's Fed Chair Jerome Powell just moments ago, and they're trying to add more money to uh, to, to the whole trying to make people not lose their businesses plan. And we'll see how that works. I hope, right. the, I hope the checks start showing up. Well, and we'll see if they can manage hyperinflation in the years to come, Grr. as various uh, you know, doomsayers have said, doomingly. So this from the New um, York Times today, small business aid bill, this is the new bill for $250 billion more dollars, faces delay as Democrats seek more funds. Yes, for government. Yeah. More. They want government agencies to get a, a big chunk of money God as well. Why there yeah, always have to be some strings attached to this stuff? Because you can. Because you know uh, you can't turn down or you can't not vote for bailing out all these small businesses across the country. So whatever else gets jammed in there is going to go, go along with it. Yeah, I want to talk more about the, the proposal and the counterproposal because it's really, really revealing coming up in a little bit. But first, do I understand correctly? We're ready for the first uh, COVID period late night joke off in which three comedians square off, make jokes about the same topic, I will grade them, and the lowest grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. In the Democratic primary, there's big news, because there is no Democratic primary. Because today, Senator Bernie Sanders announced he was dropping out of the 2020 Democratic race. I guess during a pandemic, crazy ideas like Medicare for All just don't resonate. Within a few minutes of this news breaking, this was trending. R.I.P. Bernie. And you know... When you're in the middle of a pandemic talking about a 78-year-old man, maybe choose your hashtag a little bit more carefully. Wow. That's right. Bernie Sanders suspended his presidential campaign today, making former Vice President Joe Biden the presumptive Democratic nominee, unless, said Hillary Clinton before being tackled to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. A, a clear uh, winner and loser here. Uh, Myers with a solid A minus there. Kimmel a B minus, which is there's no shame in that because there's no great inflation at Joe Getty's school of comedy. Mm. Uh, Colbert with a D, and that was generous. <laughs> Colbert banned from comedy for the rest of his natural life. Well, wow, that's a rough. Sell next to Joe Exotic. That's uh, that's rough. So uh, speaking of the presidential race, you get uh, old Joe Biden, who's as close to the care home as. Uh, the Oval Office, in my opinion, the WAPO, which would know with the 11 most logical picks for Joe Biden's Veep, ranked. Well, is this a the... punishment? Did we do something to anger you? <laughs> yes. That's going to yes, make you, you didn't wash your hands. You didn't socially distance. Some reason you're going to make us not only discuss Joe Biden's vice presidential pick, but give us 11 names. I, I, I Can I go to the dentist instead? I can. I will not do that. I might do it to you. I would not do it to the audience. If I go lick nice the people. doorknob, will you stop? <laughs> so a couple of the names. That's that name. Stupid. Uh, I'm going to move through this swiftly. Never heard of her. Uh, it's actually the New Mexico governor. She checks the Hispanic box. Then you got Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Everybody knows about her. Tammy Duckworth from Illinois, Purple Heart. She's got the two uh, artificial legs. First senator to give birth while in office, which is charming. Uh, okay. Also checks the uh, the Asian is that sterile. Box. Did they bring a doctor into the office for yeah. that? Gross. 
A poor choice of words on my part. She was a senator at the time she gave oh, birth. Oh, oh, oh. She wasn't down there like underneath that little podium where McConnell stands. Yeah. Legs, up, woman, legs up on a desk. Oh, my golly. Uh, some woman you've never heard of. Another woman you've never heard of. Uh, now we're in your top five. A woman you've never heard of. Unless you're a Wisconsinite. Tammy Baldwin. She's a senator from Wisconsin. First openly gay person ever elected to the Senate, Jack. Hmm? So she checks the gay box. Then you got Elizabeth Warren in the top four. Uh, I thought she'd be number one, but she is a septuagenarian, Jack, which is not ideal as a backup for Biden. Then you got Gretchen Widmer, the governor of Michigan, who's been in Trump's face a fair amount. My girl, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota. She's boring. She's a Midwesterner. She's youngish, and she's solid. She'd solid with a comb. If necessary, to make a point. And the number one choice, Alex Kamala Baldwin. Harris. No, not Alex Baldwin. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Oh, no. Not, certainly that's not. The, that's the WAPO's number one. No, the woman that got in Biden's face about busing. <laughs> she's terrible. <laughs> Surely Jeez, not. They have if no you idea want to lose 46 about. states, go ahead, pick Kamala. That, that's made up. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're just throwing out names for something to talk about. That's that's craziness. Hey, our own Lon He Chen, who we're going to talk to tomorrow, had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal about the WHO we can talk about. The Armstrong and Getty Show. to wear a mask that is okay these are the things the things we know that prevent you from speaking moistly speaking moistly two meters apart speaking moistly two meters apart speaking moistly Speaking moistly on each other. <laughs> that was the uh, the line yesterday, if you weren't able to listen to the show. Where were you? Uh, Justin Trudeau from Canada. That's his name, Justin, right? Uh, the, the cute little prime minister of Canada <laughs> told us we got to wear masks to avoid speaking moistly More on than each it protects other. you because it prevents you <laughs> from breathing or, or, or speaking moistly on them. Oh, what a terrible <laughs> image. More Oh, cute little fella. I love it when super smart people agree with me because it makes me a dullard feel better about myself. Lon He Chen, who we will have on the show tomorrow and is on a regular guest. You might remember him. He's a fellow at the Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies at Stanford. Uh, and a super smart guy wrote in the Wall Street Journal yesterday about the WHO. I'll skip to the end just because that's the the, the part that uh, where he agrees with me most is that if we can't transform the World Health Organization, we may have no choice but to walk away and start over. The world needs an organization that can be trusted, and if not the WHO, then something else, because that's what we have been arguing for a week now. I'm saying pull the freak out. This was before I knew we funded the whole thing. Pull the freak out and start our own damn organization. Yes. Lon He Chen argues in his Wall Street Journal opinion piece that the World Health Organization is a rubber stamp for communist China. That's what it is. Now, this is kind of hilarious in that that I'm talking about because just moments ago, the uh, guy who's in charge of the World Health Organization 
warned against politicizing coronavirus unless you want to have more body bags. Oh, shut up. He's the guy, the WHO chief, who is so in bed with communist China that he is, as Lonnie Chen said, a rubber stamp for any propaganda that they want to put out there. And he's now warning us against politicizing the coronavirus or you will see more body bags, which is oh, just... Oh, that's just... That's beautiful. So standing up to China is, quote-unquote, politicizing it? Thanks, Dr. What's, what? What is his name? His name needs to be Anathema. The... I don't know how to pronounce it. When I get to it, I'll... Uh, the U.S. is the biggest financial contributor to the WHO. More than $400 million last year. To give you a for instance, China gave him $44 million. So we give 10 times as much money as an economy roughly our size to the WHO. But allow the guy in charge to badmouth the United States and parrot their propaganda to try to help China and hurt the United States. Why we aren't already out. And then when Trump, when Trump talks badly about the WHO and talks about pulling out the liberal media, oh my God, he doesn't believe in institutions. The same thing he did with NATO. Just, it's absolutely amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so dumb. Uh, Doctor, uh, old uh, Doctor Tedros, there, the Egyptian Tedros head of the Adhanem Ghebreyesus. Is his Sorry, whole whatever. name wrong? Whatever. He's... Sorry, I got your name wrong, Tedros. His three names have one, two, about thirty letters. That's really He's something. Now accusing Taiwan of being racist against him because they've been criticizing him. Wow! So he parrots the Chinese, then throws up fake charges of racism if anybody criticizes him. You know he ought to run for Congress in the U.S. Back to Lan He Chen's piece. The current Director General, this Tedros guy, was backed strongly by the Chinese government during his campaign for the job. Mr. Tedros was a controversial pick as he has been dogged by allegations of having covered up cholera outbreaks in his native Ethiopia where he was the health minister. During those years, China invested in Ethiopia, invested in Ethiopia while he lived there. Hmm. I wonder if any of that money made its way into his pocket or his family. Generally, those funds flow through the elite, and it buys their loyalty. China invested billions of dollars in Ethiopia at the time that this dude was covering up the cholera outbreaks in Ethiopia. To make himself look better. Right. Mr. Tedros traveled to Beijing and lauded China's health care system. We can all learn something from China, he said. Well, and, and the, 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 the death penalty offense was when he praised their openness and their transparency yeah, I got a while they were covering everything up. Under Mr. Mr. Tedros's leadership, the WHO has accepted China's falsehoods about the coronavirus and helped launder them into respectable-looking public health assessments. I love the idea of laundering ideas. Uh, because China's saying it, everybody goes, ah, President G said it, whatever. But if it comes through the WHO, ah, like laundering money, right? Up, up until recently, up until smart people started to catch on anyway, it made it look respectable. It comes out the other end like clean money when you launder money as the mob, or like a clean idea when you're laundering propaganda. That's uh, that's an excellent metaphor. It well really played is there, good. Lonnie. It is really good. It also good. reminds me uh, the current season of Ozark is just so good. So oh, it's oh my god! It's about laundering money. I'm guessing. Oh, it's all about. Or is it just about money? laundry? No, no, no. Yeah. It, okay. it, it, it's a money launderer is at the uh, the, the okay. core of it. Yeah. Well, well, and a shirt a shirtless Doctor Tedros runs a, a boat rental outfit. There, he's <laughs> he's a guest star this season. Back to Lon He Chen, who we will talk to tomorrow from his Wall Street Journal piece on January 14th, before an official WHO delegation had even visited China. The group parroted Beijing's claim that there was no clear evidence of human to human transmission. 
They did this without having visited. That's their job is to visit and figure these things out. That's why the organization exists that we give $400 million. Two weeks later, after China had reported more than 4,500 cases of the virus and over 70 people in other countries were sick with it, Mr. Tedros visited China and he praised on its leaders for their transparency. As you were just mentioning, that was way back in January. Recall that China waited six weeks after patients first saw symptoms in Wuhan to institute a lockdown there. During this time, Chinese authorities censored and punished physicians who tried to sound the alarm, repeatedly denied that the virus could be transmitted between humans, and held a public banquet in Wuhan for tens of thousands of families. In the meantime, more than five people left or fled Wuhan, according to the city's mayor. And I'm they sorry, had, more, than, more than five people? Five million people fled Wuhan, go. many of them heading out into the world and bringing the cases uh, with them. The Thanks w- a million. So we have been screaming and yelling for a long time about, uh, you know, uh, th- these numbers that show we could have a 95% reduction in the awfulness of this if China had gotten on board earlier. Well, the World Health Organization aided and abetted in that. They need to be blamed. You you can blame China, but you can't really because that's what they do. It's like blaming, blaming a criminal for being a criminal. The cop who let the criminal get away with it, you have to be really mad at. Well, it'd be difficult to quantify exactly how much longer the world remained remained blind to the threat, thanks to the WHO's efforts at aiding and abetting China. But it was a significant amount of time. We would have been duped by China, and those 5 million people would have left. But how much sooner would we all have caught on and begun implementing measures? It, it, weeks. Well, if they were real, what they are, World Health Organization, they would have visited right away. They would have told the world that this is being transmitted person to person, and people are dying immediately. I think right. the reduction might be every bit as much as we're blaming on China. The World Health Organization might be at fault for almost this entire thing. The trillions of dollars across the world, the the millions of deaths it's going to end up being, you can lay at the feet of the WHO. I mean, it's just incredible. And this one particular guy. Wow, that's just amazing. There could be no better illustration of the dangers of giant, powerful bureaucracies and the, and the people who run them. Where do you suppose we're going to find the angels to run your gigantic, powerful, utopian governments? Where are the angels who are supposed to be running the the WHO and the UN, of which the WHO is part? Where do you live? What is your worldview? How many synapses do you have in your brain where you imagine that somewhere there is this race of perfect beings that will run these agencies and bring us a utopia? You people are fools. One God, more. you've got to subject them to constant scrutiny. One more paragraph from Lonnie Chen's piece, and I can't wait to talk to him about it tomorrow because he sounds pretty fired up about this. Yes. Um, and keeping in mind that just this morning, this same WHO chief warned against politicizing the coronavirus unless you want to have more body bags, which is a really in-your-face sort of threat. You're politicizing this, and you're going to cause more body bags. Here's from Lon He's piece. The exchange uh, between uh, Taiwan, China, the United States, everything, the exchange demonstrates how the WHO prioritizes politics over public health. Ah, the old projection of what you're blaming me for is exactly what you're doing. It has internalized Beijing's view of Taiwan and seeks to praise China's leaders at every turn. At no point during the crisis has the WHO substantively investigated the Chinese regime's claims about the virus or been transparent about the thinking behind its decisions. 
We, and that's when he gets into the argument that we, as the biggest financial contributor, the only reason the World Health Organization exists is because we fund it. We could pull out today if we wanted to and start something new, and I don't know why we haven't already. You got my vote. And hey, if you want to read Lon He's whole piece, it's just armstrongandgetty.com. And again, we'll be talking to him tomorrow. Uh, Anybody in the media who continues to support the WHO, that's unconscionable. Absolutely freaking amazing. God, that's maddening. Wow. Wow. And as usual, the frustrating thing for me, and I just got to learn to get over it or drink it away, is (laughs) the tiny, tiny percentage of Americans that will ever hear this and become aware of it. Yeah, because most people don't read opinion pieces in the Wall Street Journal. And unfortunately, most people don't listen to the Armstrong and Getty show, which is their their failing. Man, that's, that's unbelievable. There was quite the backlash two days ago. When Trump talked about defunding the World Health Organization. Oh, you can't do that. International cooperation, blah, blah, blah. In fact, when he said it during the press conference, there was such a backlash that he that he walked back a little bit when he said we're started saying we're looking into that as opposed to the declarative statement of that we would. No, that is perfectly legit, legit to say we're not funding an organization that clearly is a mouthpiece of communist China. Right. Right. Well, the Taiwan angle of it's pretty interesting because if you know anything about geopolitics, you understand that Taiwan, this little island, China claims is is theirs, and Taiwan lives in constant fear of invasion and and that sort of thing. Well, they have been extra harsh on the WHO for being a mouthpiece for the lying Chinese uh, government, and they've been hammering this uh, this dip ass who runs the WHO. Old what's-his-name we've been talking about, Tedros. Um, and so uh, Tedros' response is that they're racists. And says, how dare yeah. we politicize all this because they're, they're going to be more body bags. Exactly. Claim, claims of racism, the, the last refuge of scoundrels, in my opinion. Hey, you want to win a Pulitzer Prize out there? Uh, Another uh, one? Um, dig into his family and his background in Ethiopia and figure out how much money he got from uh, China. Take a look at the house he was living in before China showed up and the house he's living in uh, since then and the car he drives and the, the, the trips he takes. All part of their charming and helpful Belt and Road Initiative, Jack, bringing development to the third world. And by the way, putting Chinese hooks in them and controlling them, exploiting them and leaving them for dead. The Chinese model. That's enough for that from now. I hope that story's not over. I will kick the Chinese as long as I have breath in my one good lung. And I will only eat sweet and sour pork. Um, as some sort of bizarre yeah, protest? I'm not sure what that does for the That's, situation. Uh, kind of messaging there is a little muddled. I'm hungry. China came up. It just all came together in, in my brain somehow. Sorry, Joe. I feel like Jack has lost the thread. <laughs> let's let's workshop that idea, Jack. Let's, 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 let's turn it over a couple of times. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk to our political analyst, Gary Dietrich, about uh, since Bernie's out and Biden's the guy, what all this means. Oh, and the things. government's about to tell stores what they can sell and what they can't. Part of the whole necessary services thing coming to a store near you. Awesome. That's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Four 
Former Vice President Joe Biden said yesterday he had a good conversation with President Trump about the coronavirus pandemic and said Trump was, quote, very gracious. Apparently, he said a lot of nice things like, I'm sorry, this is not the president. And, sir, you have the wrong number. That's, uh, yeah. Is that going to be the theme on Joe Biden? Oh, wow. Uh, among the late night comics that he's uh, kind of doddering uh, old guy, doesn't know where he is. We're going to be talking to political analyst Gary Dietrich next hour, assuming you get next hour of the Armstrong and Getty show and see what the landscape is uh, right now. If you don't, download the podcast. You know what tape we cry. are getting? Uh, if you uh, don't get next hour, cry softly, then download the podcast. <laughs> cry softly, can, uh, co- complain bitterly to your local station. Then download the podcast. Uh, but you know what uh, little uh, clip we aren't getting our money's worth out of is the Queen and and, uh, and uh, what's her name? Cardi B back to Together back. Together we are tackling this disease. Coronavirus! That's so good. <laughs> so good. <clears throat> Listen to this, would you? This makes sense now. And I'm surprised it took this long. Some areas of the U.S., and I'll name check a couple of them, are telling big box stores and grocery chains, look, you get to be open, but you can only sell essential items. They're trying to reduce foot traffic. Certain local governments have directed stores to empty areas with non-essential items such as clothing and electronics or rope off those items from customers. I went to I went to the hardware store to buy some nails so my kid could work on a treehouse yesterday. Is that considered essential? Probably well, not by most people. Well, although building materials in building, given the fact that a lot of places have a housing shortage, yeah, but my own, don't, but, but my own personal trip, and you know the possible exposing other people to what I've got and everything, right? Most right. people probably wouldn't consider. Doctor Burks probably wouldn't say me going to get nails for a treehouse was a worthwhile trip. Y- yeah, probably I also not. went out to the pet store to get crickets for our gecko. Now the gecko will die, and it's a family pet. But what if you just let them loose in the yard for a little bit? Hey, go go find some bugs. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea, actually. Just put a leash on them or something. Might have to tie the dogs up to not have a grease mouth <laughs> That's a good in. idea. What's the uh, lifespan of the crickets? Can't you get like a year's worth and keep them in a big box or something? They don't. Know. They don't last very long. You can get some people who have reptiles do get into the whole raising their own crickets or mice or whatever your situation is. But then that's a whole nother, you know, endeavor. Yeah, it's like guys who roast their own barley for their home brewing, and then you yeah, got guys yeah. who want to grow their own barley in the red. Nah, too Where much. does it end? Too much. You got stores full of beer if they're allowed to sell it. I don't want to become Ver- a cricket farmer to provide crickets for my gecko. But anyway, I also <laughs> would hate to get the coronavirus and die because I was getting bugs for a lizard. <laughs> right. Technically, you'd be a cricket rancher, Jack. Okay. Uh, so Vermont is cracking down on essential stores selling non-essential items. Uh, also, uh, Board of Commissioners Howard County, Indiana, started enforcing similar rules last month. It was getting complaints from businesses that were forced to close because they sold mostly non-essential items, saying it was unfair for other stores to then sell the items they wish they could be selling. So this is the problem when you get into uh, government control. Sure, sure. Uh, now it's about rent-seeking, which is a fancy uh, econ term for begging the government to let you do stuff and trying to curry favor with them. Now, uh, a quick other business-related item. This was super hot on Reddit. You know, millions of views, thousands of comments. This letter from one Glenwood Gardens apartment complex. Attention all Glenwood Garden residents. Please continue to pay your rent on time. Rent is due April the 1st, blah, blah, blah. Our late fees will apply. Court fees and warrant fees will be applied. And eviction filings will continue. 
As soon as Maryland courts reopen, we will conduct our evictions. If you have not paid your rent, unfortunately, you will be evicted. Please know that Glenwood Gardens is aware of the difficult times everyone is going through. We hope you and your families are safe and healthy. And we're having a raffle for Easter baskets on April the 6th. Et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So right. We will throw your ass out of your home. We don't care if you starve to death. Pay your rent. But we are having a raffle for Easter baskets. <laughs> so the, the world properly saw the irony in that and the fact that uh, we're aware of the difficult times you're going through. We just don't give a damn. On the other hand, my friends, and, and those of you who have ever had a rental property or dealt with the general public, you know this, uh, and the Wall Street Journal attests to the fact that, given the slightest excuse, people will not pay their rent. Nearly a third of U.S. apartment renters did not pay any of their April rent during the first week of the month. Yeah, I didn't ever see a number of what the normal number is. I don't, you know, for all I know, 25% of people don't pay their rent every month anyway. I don't actually know that. Uh, April of last year, 82% paid their rent. Uh, so it was down 13%. But so, so interesting. So almost 20% of people regularly don't pay their rent. Oh. Yeah. Which, yeah, there yeah. you have it. Meanwhile, especially in your progressive places, uh, landlords are demonized and somehow bad people because they dare to rent out a property. Yeah, it's but unless you, silly. unless you paid cash for it, you've got your own mortgage on that to pay. So you need right. to rent. Armstrong.